Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We're back. Welcome to another edition of Waiting for Next Year's Cavs Cast, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. I'm Seth Wanamaker, and joining tonight... You can follow him on Twitter at Joe Gilbert, WFNY. You can see it on the screen right now if you're watching along. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Joe Gilbert. Welcome, Joe. Hey, what's up, everybody? <laughs> How are you doing, Seth? All good here, man. A little Friday night hoops talk. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Good. I'm happy the Cavs are back. That's, it's been a long, seems like a long uh, offseason without them. I don't know about you, but my wallet's been hurting man between a couple of these guardians games buying tickets for calves the i know you and i are both season ticket guys for the browns like i yeah. needed a i needed a break ticket wise right. so going from three teams to two is not like killing me right now financially yeah. so good yeah definitely true yeah the guardians i went to the first playoff game and i was like okay that's i think that's enough for me that's a lot <laughs> last uh last weekend we were tailgating for the Browns game at like 10 a.m. My buddy's like, let's just go to the game. Let's just go. I'm just like, I mean, do I mean, do we want to be downtown for 14 hours and pay another 100 plus? I guess we did because that's exactly what we did. So nice. <laughs> but that was fun, but yeah. I, we're here to talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I echo your your sentiment about them being back, man. So much fun. So excited to be back. Um, we talked two weeks ago with Evan and training camp is like a blur now. I mean, it's like two weeks. I swear when, you know, back in the two thousands, training camp was like a month. Now you, yeah. you don't even have enough time to sneeze and it's you're through. Right. Yeah. I remember, I remember when they, I think it was the first year, uh, Braun was back the, sec- the second time, uh, they played overseas and it seemed like that off season or, or that preseason was just so long. Now it was like what two? I think it was games, and they're ready to go. Yeah, yeah. It's if if you're, if I were a NBA player, if I were an NBA player, it would take me like four months into the season to get into shape. Like I right. training camp in three weeks is uh, that, that wouldn't work. But I, I guess Luca proved that wrong this year. He right. looks like he's yeah. in shape. So <laughs> I'm just gonna say that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but we're we're gonna break down tonight. Uh, we're gonna break down the Cavs' 108-105 loss in Toronto. Tough game. Uh, spread was minus two and a half, and there was kind of a weird dunk with like 0.5 seconds left in that game. So <laughs> just had to call that out because we're getting betting here legalized soon. Um, but before we dive into the actual basketball, Joe, I was hoping we could start off with the uniforms. So we got to see the crispy new black uniforms for the Cavs. Joe, oh, what'd God. you think of those? What'd you think of those? <laughs> those those probably my favorite. I think we've seen all three of them now, um, and those are – it just brings me back to the uh, championship jerseys, and these look just like cleaner versions of them. They were they were so good. Uh, I love the gold, gold on black. It, it was – those are nice. They might, they were probably my favorite there. The Yeah, like you said, the big fat ski right in the middle yeah. just reminds me of Braun just going up like this. And <laughs> the yeah. – uh, 
gold lettering on the left shorts, the calves, and it's got the the hoop V cat like V yeah. for the calves and the Jumpman logo. Oh, it's so clean. It is. Yeah, it's 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 one of their best jerseys they've had in quite a while. Um, yeah. And no sleeves too, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have any baggy sleeves after the boys ripped them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it's a. Uh, I think it's a win overall on, on the uniforms. They 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 didn't go crazy on like kind of weird designs. They they kind of went simple and they look really good. And the gold the gold is just so much better than that weird yellow that they had. It's it's so it's so clean. Yeah, I absolutely love it. And speaking of good looking clothes, we're gonna do a brief message from breakingtea.com. Don't forget to check out breakingtea.com slash WFNY for all of your Cleveland sports gear. They've got a bunch of sweet stuff for the Guardians, Browns, Cavs. A couple of cool shirts they have for the Cavs right now. They have a Cleveland Spiders shirt. They've got for Ohio. They've got Cavalanche. They've got some really cool stuff over there. So go to breakingtea.com slash WFNY for all your Cleveland sports needs. Now, Joe, back to the Cavs opener. So... If it's okay with you, I wanted to start with, I feel like we're going to bury the the headliner here if we don't start to talk about Donovan Mitchell, newly acquired oh Donovan Mitchell. 31 points, 12 of 21 shooting, nine assists, two steals, 65% true shooting percentage, had a plus 10 net rating when Donovan Mitchell was out there. Joe, just your initial thoughts on Donovan's debut. It was awesome to watch, man. It's uh you you just kind of it goes through your head just like all the potential that he he possesses for this team it's um he 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 played so well he he kept him in a, if he if they didn't have him oh man that it would probably been a blowout <laughs> with Garland gone we we saw it last year when Garland was off the floor it was a disaster it was a, it was a disaster and uh they played really well with Gar- with um, Mitchell at the point um, so it kind of just shows you the potential of just kind of without Garland on the floor, they, they can survive and really flourish with um, Mitchell on the floor. Um, his ability to just drive and just take contact and his strength is pretty, it's pretty unbelievable for a guard. Like you don't see that very often. He, he fights through contact and finishes well and uh, his explosiveness is great and one of the kind of fun things was like his ability to split double teams was like really impressive. Like he, mm-hmm. he easily slipped through them. Even like he's a big kind of sturdy guy and he, he slipped, slipped through them and uh, kept his dribble. And uh, yeah, breaking down that defense is going to be key. And uh, that it's, it was, it was fun to watch. It was, you, you could see, you see the potential of what, what this team could be with, uh, with Mitchell. Man, those were like three of the notes I had written down. Him splitting when when two guys came to try to trap him, or if they had a pick and roll, two guys coming his way. It, it was like it almost looked like the other Raptors, who are a ridiculously good defensive team, they looked like they were in slow motion. I mean, he would right. just kind of get skinny, dribble right through him, and then. Yeah. If there are a couple guys left, he'd get to the paint, hang in the air to either score a little floater or you know kick it out to one of the guys for a for a three point attempt. It was like I consider a couple of guys on the Cavs really good athletes last year. Um, Garland is is more like skilled and a little bit more twitchy than he is athlete. Colin mm-hmm. is certainly certainly an athlete. 
Ooh, not not like Donovan, man. <laughs> There's that, no way. <laughs> There's he no way. Yeah, we haven't seen this level of athlete. I think it's safe to say since 2018, man. He he yeah. is an athletic, eye popping freak. I mean, he looked yeah. incredible out there. And yeah. t- to your point, just we were we were unfortunately robbed of, of seeing him and our other All Star point guard last night for very long. Right. Um, that's probably where we'll go to next. But yeah, to to wrap up Donovan, man, I think Cavs fans should be really happy. Uh, with what they saw last night and the potential of what Donovan can bring. Cause you're right. Yeah. I mean, he, his vision was incredible too. I, I think there is some notion of, okay, we know this guy's an elite scorer. Is that what he's going to bring? But he really had an opportunity to, to show off his playmaking ability and, and man, he brought it. So, so that was great. Just yeah, as we I were talking. Was, I thought his passing was, was something that I didn't expect either. His passing was obviously Garland is just uh, one of the special passers in the league. And man, he, he, he showed some stuff that really is very impressive. And uh, I can't wait to see how it kind of grows as the season goes on. I mean, that behind the back, he beat, he beat his defender that behind the back to Osmond was just unbelievable. (laughs) (laughs) Like I didn't know that was in his game. I was like, okay. I was joking with a buddy on the group text. Of course, Ricky Rubio and Donovan Mitchell played together in Utah, and and Ricky was was kind of our Osman whisperer last season. I'm like, maybe maybe a little bit of that rubbed off, and and right, Donovan yeah. and, and Osman can have a little connection there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, outstanding night. You know, five stars for for Donovan Mitchell. He he played his butt off, and frankly, as you said, without him, they they were toast. He was the offense. You know, the entire yeah. second half. Uh, Moving on to our the other all-star point guard that had a very tough night, um, Darius Garland. I think early on he he was forcing it. He, he looked pretty pretty rough. He was one of seven at one point. Uh, it, it was hard to tell for me, Joe, if, if it was more Raptors defense, Raptors length, or if it was Darius just, you know, maybe some nerves, maybe just trying to get after a little too hard. Did you have a perspective on that? Did you think it was the length or more so just first game, got to kind of ease into the season? I think it was a bit of a combination. That length is tough for Garland because he's not the tallest guy. He's not the longest guy. And, God, that that team is just a bunch of arms and legs. Like, they are just – they are all over the place. And uh, that's a tough matchup for him. It's going to be a tough one as we go on. But um, I also think he he was just – it just seemed kind of sped up. Like, throughout the – what, how many – what did he play, a quarter and a half or something? Yeah, 13 minutes – yeah. yeah, he just seems sped up. Um, I think it was just kind of first first game jitters, kind of first game playing with your new guy, kind of kind of rushing things, and it was just a combination of that and the tough matchup, and uh, kind of chalk it up to that. I think. Yeah, yeah. He he had a couple floaters that I think one one looked like it hit you know a foot left of of the rim on the backboard and clanked off and and we yeah. we never saw that last year. I mean, no. he, he's such a maestro and in control. And yeah. there was some there was some weird stuff. And we should we should probably say too the Cavs just came out with with a report um, a little bit earlier today that um, he's going to be out against Chicago and nothing official yet for Sunday and the, the home opener for. Uh, for the Cavaliers, but it sounds like it maybe not be too optimistic for him to play. So he's his eye was completely swollen shut. It sounds like he did not travel with the team. Um, so we'll see. They're going to update, you know, over the next couple of days here. So wouldn't wouldn't anticipate Garland tomorrow uh, in Chicago, and and we'll see with with Sunday. 
Yeah, and then they're off until Wednesday, right? I think is that yeah. So it'd be I a think nice break. A, yeah, yeah, it'll be a, what about a week almost? Yeah, yeah. So just your your uh, when he went down, of course, like there's a, just a big pit in our stomach, right? <laughs> it's this oh, second quarter. Did did you initially think? Like, uh oh, might you know, it's one of those things where sometimes NBA players go down to, to try to get, you know, have a review, or were you like, uh oh, this might be something serious? I thought that for initially. And then he was down for like when they went in the break, and then I was kind of following along on Twitter, the beat writers, they were like, he's still down. I'm like, oh crap, this is not good. Like, this is, I think something's going on here. <laughs> I, I thought it was maybe a concussion or something, but um, luckily that was that was clear. Um, so I was just hoping hoping for the best, and uh, it seems like he got a nasty laceration in his eye, and uh, yeah, that's that's crazy to see in an NBA game. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, Uh-oh. yeah. Thank gosh, he, he looks like he's going to be okay. He avoided the, uh, you know, any facial fractures or anything like that. So we got lucky there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm having some technical issues, but we're going to okay. cruise right through it. So. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> we're back. Um, so Darius Garland, we'll take a look at him. I think next up, Joe, we wanted to talk about the small forward position. It was the only position up for grabs, the entire training camp. JB came out and said, it's a six man race for starting a small forward position. Turned out that we found out just what, an hour or two before tip off, uh, on Wednesday night that Karis Levert won the job. Um, uh, just your initial thought on, uh, is that who you expected to win it? Were you shocked at all about that news? So I, I initially thought in the beginning of the of the preseason that Karras was definitely it seemed like he was playing every game and then Accor kind of finished up really well so I was torn between the two. It's not shocking either way. Um, I I think there's plus minuses for both of them in the starting lineup. Um, I think they just liked that they had another scorer scorer along with the two uh, talented backcourt guys. So. They kind of wanted wanted him on there and kind of put a core on the second team. Maybe maybe they'll kind of limit the pressure on him too because a core has been just shoved into the like his first what two seasons he's been in the starting lineup for I would say seventy five percent of the the games it seems like mm-hmm. and that's a lot to put on him especially for a developing guy is what twenty one I think he is still which is yep. like still insane to me. <laughs> um, so I think it, it, I think it, it probably works out, but, uh, we'll see, we'll see how, if it sticks like that. Yeah. Yeah. To, to be completely candid, I, you know, from a fit perspective and I, I think from the Cavs having the highest ceiling possible, you really just hope that a can take that step offensively because I, I understand how folks say, oh, you, you know, you, you can, Karis can, can play a good D and, and certainly I, I, it's a contract year for Karis. So I expect him to be completely locked in. Yeah. Um, 
we've just seen Okoro have good success against guys like Trey Young and, and even against some of like the wing uh, guys they're going to have to face. Gonna, you know, you got to play the the Jalen Browns, Jason Tatum's, Tobias Harris. Um, I don't think you're going to put a Darius Garland or, or maybe even a Donovan Mitchell on some of those guys. So if, if not, I just think Okoro's ceiling, you know, there's really an opportunity. But to your point, you know, I think this is going to be a tinkering kind of all throughout the year. And, and yeah. JB, JB isn't scared to like sit a guy. We, we saw that last year with Osmond and uh, he, he can be, uh, he can, he can make a decision. He's not just going to stick with what doesn't work. So all again, all kind of faith in, in him. Um, but it will be interesting to see how the minutes work out. Obviously last night, or I'm sorry, Wednesday night was tough. Okoro finished with 12 minutes. He had a brutal game four four pretty early fouls. Um, yeah. Karras had a good first half. He had seven assists for the game, but yeah. after Garland went down, it, it felt like it was his time to kind of step up right on the playmaking side. And yeah. we, we just didn't see it. No, I feel like, I feel like that just that injury kind of just threw a whole wrench into like in the JB's rotation into sort of what the mentality of what the players are going to like going into the game. I think Levert had it seemed like during the preseason, he knew what his role was. Like he knew that he was going to be the secondary scorer, but in this game, he was thrown into being back to the first, <laughs> a first scorer when Mitchell wasn't on the floor. So it was kind of, I think he was kind of just, it, it was just a tough, tough kind of situation to be put in game one. You practice all the, through this whole preseason of what, what you were planning on doing. And then, and then it's all thrown away. It's like, so, <laughs> I feel like I feel like I can't really take a lot from how either of them played. Okoro uh, was gone pretty quickly and with foul trouble. And once you're out with foul trouble, it's hard to get rhythm back. And um, especially with him, it seems like it, you gotta catch rhythm because Okoro can just disappear. We've seen it quite a few times where he can just disappear in a game. Um, so I think it was just a tough, tough situation, and uh, I, I wouldn't take too much from any either of them really um, to see how they kind of played. We'll see going forward, obviously how how it turns out, though. Yeah, and and just like the the one guy at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse that screams MVP every time Chetty Osman goes to the free throw <laughs> line, Ch- Chetty's coming for that for that starting small forward role. Man, he played incredibly well last night. He was the spark. Um, you know, with I think the best lineup they had for really in the second quarter that brought them back in the game because the Cavs got outscored pretty handedly in the first. Um, they were down, and then I think the lineup of Donovan Mitchell, Osmond, um, I don't think Mobley was in. I think it was Love, Allen, Lavert, yeah. Osmond, yeah. and Donovan. I mean, they they came up, and I think they were on like a 14-2 run at one point. Yeah. Uh, that lineup really, really got hot. And it's, it's like, I, I heard somebody talking about it today. Osmond's like the one guy you just can't quit every year. You're like, ah, <laughs> this might be the year you don't get much run. You know, we're, we're really starting to build good yeah. depth. And then he, they needed him last night. I mean, they really beca- needed him. It's because his good is so good. <laughs> like his good. <laughs> it's just like, like he, he can just make five shots in a row, like five threes in a row. And it's like, yeah. It's just so fun to watch, and then and then he has games where he doesn't play defense, can't make a shot to save his life. It's yeah. just like his, he's such a high low guy, and it's <laughs> such a high variance, and you just love to see him when he's when he's on fire because he was on fire for much of the game, and he did he kept him he kept him in that game. 
yeah, and, and it wasn't just all threes. I mean, he he did a couple right. like dribble handoffs with Donovan, and he he got yeah. by a couple guys. He made like a tough little jump shot. I mean, he was he was doing some pretty good stuff last night. Yeah, um, and then it, it it was all you know they were really rolling the second and third quarter. But man, the, the beginning of that fourth quarter, I think the Raptors made four threes all in yeah. a couple minutes, and and they the Cavs just just couldn't recover. I think they they got back to maybe one or two down but yeah it was I, I went back and watched just the that two or three minute stint beginning of the fourth quarter some of it was guys looked like guys were kind of over helping and then some of it was like no one was just on a certain guy but I mean the the Raptors are are a tough team they're, they're not going to shoot what was it 43 percent most nights no. they're not a, they're not a great shooting right. team so I think the Cavs got done in by a couple of shots that the Raptors may not make night in night out but Right. Yeah. A couple of the guys, they shaded off because I think it was, um, I can't think of his name, but uh, a couple of guys that you like don't expect them to make three. So I can see them shading off a little bit, but yeah, it's one of those things. I think the defense is going to come. It's going to, it's going to have to, it's going to rely on the, obviously the two guys underneath, but the, I think the rotations and all that will get better as the season goes on because there's a lot of new guys on this team. Um, There's, quite a few yeah when thaddeus when thaddeus young's making threes against you I that's it's a big problem <laughs> it's a very big problem right. uh, and, and that's that's probably a decent transition into their typically lack of three-point volume that they shoot and they're they're just absolute two-point monsters with their makeup of their team it, yeah. it just goes really well into the style of play man they um they had 14 steals against the Cavs six um, they had 12 offensive rebounds versus the Cavs six. And Joe, there were points where I was just feeling bad for Jared Allen. I mean, you would, you would look and there's <laughs> literally four guys like climbing on his legs yeah. and, and one of them gets the ball and Jared's on the ground again. I, I thought Allen played right. a hell of a game, pretty tough, yeah. but they, they just crash so hard. They make it, they make it tough to watch. You you need like shoulder pads yeah. and a helmet to play with those guys. Seriously. Yeah. They're, uh, I, I don't know how that, I don't know how that style stays throughout the season especially in the playoffs where they're mm -hmm. kind of more probably be a little bit stricter on those calls and all that but yeah that's that's a, that's a tough team to play game one <laughs> like that's you you come in the preseason you're not kind of it's not really a physical preseason for in terms of games like there's not a lot of stuff like that and then you come into this game and it's like a freaking boxing match that's just a so many arms and legs slapping at you and <laughs> Yeah, it's uh that's a tough matchup. It's gonna be it's it's that we're gonna see this matchup in the next what five ten years quite often because these two are great young teams. They got really great young guys. Um, man, pa Pascal uh, Siakam is just one of the fun guys to watch in the league. Um, he, he you don't see Evan Mobley get beat often. He scored on him qu quite a couple times where it was like oh shit. Damn, like, like that's impressive because there's not a lot of guys that can move like him and be that tall. And Evan usually doesn't have that kind of that matchup, and it was it was impressive to watch. So they're going to be a team to kind of have to kind of deal with over the next few years. Yeah, I think I saw that they they have some assets too. You know, they have a lot of guys that could be traded. They've got, I think, 
most, if not all their picks. So they're one of those teams too, that could go out and probably improve if, you know, if certain teams are, are tanking for the exciting, you know, young crop of rookies yeah. to come next year. And, and yeah, I, I remember one play specifically with Siakam where he came down like, like he does most. He, if he has a little guy, he pretty much takes him right to the rack. Yeah. If, if he has a guy that can kind of guard him, he, he dribbles to his little two points, almost DeRozan esque. Like he's got his spots, yeah. you know, in the mid range. Yeah, and he, that's very good, very good combination. Um, uh, him and DeRozan are pretty close and just, just size wise <laughs> is basically a difference. Yeah. Yeah. And he get, got a spot. And the, the one jump shot he, he took over Mobley was just, are you kidding me? Like, how do you, <laughs> how do you way, put that yeah. much float on it? It was just ridiculous. Right. But. Yeah. Yes, and he, and he made that floater like all game. It was, <laughs> it was impressive. Yeah, and Nick Nurse did what Nick Nurse does. He, he played the hell out of him. I, I'm looking at the minutes right now. Um, yeah, he didn't seem like he was off the floor often. Like no, Van Vliet played 39 minutes. OG Ananobi played 38 minutes. Gary Trent Jr. played 37 minutes, and. Uh, that's what he did all last year. I think two or yeah. three of the Raptors led the league in minutes played per game. So that's that's their mo. And yeah, you just to your point earlier, Joe. It's like that was the first game of the season. I think the Cavs take it as, "Hey, we're learning a lot." The Raptors are like full charge. We need to get <laughs> right. this game. It's like you hope it just right. doesn't bite it, bite them in the ass as the season goes along, right? Yeah, yeah. They're they're like um. There there's always teams that like are kind of a the regular season champs like we saw the the hawks during the Cavs run where the hawks just they cared about regular season games more than the Cavs did <laughs> like the Cavs didn't give a crap about it <laughs> and uh, and then you go in the pro season and it's just a whole different ball game I, I feel like that's it's not gonna be as extreme with the with the as like the hawks were but um i i feel like that could be like a, a team that kind of does more better work during the regular season than actually postseason because there's you got to make three pointers in the in the postseason and that team has what Fred Van Fleet and basically like yeah. you're kind of pushing where who else is going to make those consistent threes um but yeah they 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 continue to just get these long players that are just tough to handle on especially in the pre post or in the regular season where and you're coming off a, a preseason. It's it's a tough matchup. So it, it was it was definitely a, uh, a definitely a test for the Cavs in the first game. Yeah, and truly a, a battle of the different styles. Like if the yeah. Cavs could get one of those guys that are six six to six eight, <laughs> it'd be incredible. And likewise, I think they would probably take one of our either big or small guys. I think you know if you could like do a mock draft or you know do right. like a snake draft of both of these teams, you're coming up with a damn good team out of there. Yeah, <laughs> if they were in the different division, like or different conference, they would probably trade with them immediately. Like yeah, OG, right. like maybe OG on uh, OG coming over here, like a perfect small forward. But um, here we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I wanted to talk just real quick about. I mean, it, it's one game. Evan didn't get a chance to play too much in training camp because he had a bum ankle. What What were your thoughts on him? I I thought he he had some wow moments and plays yeah. where you're like, whoa, there's Evan Mobley, and then some other plays you're like, oh damn, I wish he got that rebound, or ooh, I, you know, yeah. I wish he he maybe was a little tighter with the hand. What What was your take on Mobley's game on Wednesday? So I thought his first stretch was like, holy crap, <laughs> like <laughs> like his first, I think it was five or six minutes he played, like okay, this 
this kid took a jump. And then I, I feel like it, he didn't kind of consistently stay at that level. He really struggled um, in terms of kind of scoring later in the game. He, he did these kind of fadeaway shots. Uh, I don't think he's there yet on those yet to consistently uh, make them. So it was kind of an up-down kind of first game. It was definitely tough. I think what he had, I, only, I think he played a half in preseason, which is not not a lot of time. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So it, it, it's definitely it's one of those basically what the whole team. I'm gonna say like it's tough to take anything with it. Um, it, it just like I was, I we we were posting in the uh, Discord channel like. The, that first five minutes is like holy crap! Like that was. I think he, he did a dribble. His his handle looks better. Like his shot, it looks a little bit cleaner and um, kind of smoother. Um, so if if he can kind of show that through forty eight minutes or whatever, oh man, watch out! <laughs> yeah, they they sagged off of him his first two yeah. three point attempts. The first one he just barely missed, and the second one he made, and I'm like, oh. Raptors better they, they better <laughs> they better get up to that line. Right. Mobley Mobley had a good uh, good season <laughs> or good offseason yeah. shooting. Yeah, um, if, and if he keeps making them, the, he's gonna people are gonna come closer. Then we may see his better kind of wiggle and handle. And we saw that what that spin turnaround drive. <laughs> like that's just a that's just a little inkling of what he could do if if people play up on him. Yeah, there there was one drive in particular where I believe it. Yeah, it was Scotty Barnes who came up to him and he did like a little pump for shot fake, went around him and had this nice little like scooping layup coming across from the left side to the right, hit the backboard and went in. And that was one of those like, whoa, this this guy. Yeah. When you're doing that to Scotty Barnes, who pretty soon <laughs> is going to be in that defensive player of the year conversation, that's like a, whoa, yeah. he can, he can do it. So yeah, yeah. Just, just, you know, I'm very, very excited to see the next, you know, 10, 12, 14 games of him. And just to see, you know, probably him get back into it a little bit. Like, like we said, yeah. he just got back into playing basketball, you know, a couple of days ago. Yeah. I also want to see him kind of rebound better because it, it, as you said earlier in the, in the show, um, Jared Allen was by himself for quite often. Like it was, <laughs> It's obviously a whole team thing too. Um, like the guards have to play better, and uh, forwards do. I think Okoro has shown that he can rebound and stuff. But besides that, like there's, I know that's a tough matchup in terms of offensive rebounding, but they have to improve that off of last season. That that killed them. It killed them in games where they just gave up these offensive rebounds. And it's a lot of times it's just the long rebounds, which is on the yeah. guards. Yep. It falls on the guards to kind of box out and get the ball. So definitely something they have to clean up. And I think Evan can be a little bit better at that too. Yeah. They, they were such a slow pace last year where you really didn't have an excuse for the guards. It's like, you, you know, you're not flying down the court anyway, get your ass on right. somebody and get the ball. <laughs> right. Now I'm really curious to see what JB's going to gonna do. He, he obviously is stressing offensive rebounding, and, and now with yeah. Mitchell and Garland back when, when he's back, it's going to be interesting to see how much they can contribute versus, you know, them trying to trying to go get, um, you know, fly down the court and get a bucket. Right. But, yeah. but um, yeah, Joe, anything else you wanted to hit on the game? I, I think we want to talk a little bit of schedule. Those are, I think, we hit on a lot of the big stuff. Anything else you wanted to hit on? Yeah, I, I just thought Mobley, uh, or I mean, um, Jared Allen was really good. Um, I thought Raw uh, Raw Meadow was really bad. 
Yes. <laughs> like I thought like when when he came in, I was like, okay, they got a guy kind of settle it down. And it, it was like the exact opposite. Like he <laughs> rushed, he was throwing passes. Like I was like, ooh, how long is Rubio out? <laughs> like I was like, I thought I thought Meadow was gonna be like a, a veteran presence. He kinda won't do anything to kill you, won't do anything to really help you a lot, like make threes and stuff like that. But he would he he uh I think he kinda led the charge of allowing the uh Toronto kinda get back in the game and it he it wasn't great. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think there was a quick 8-0 run basically when he came in. There's there's one clip of him circulating the internet where I mean he he's he's not a tall guy and he's going up against no. I think there's four Toronto guys around him and he just <laughs> runs right into the middle of them right. and it just, it just looks like, you know, a, an alligator getting some some live food or something. It's just like you can't do that, buddy. You don't want to do that. Kick it out to anybody, anybody. But yeah, he right. he had a he had a tough night and he's been steady in his career, so we just probably maybe match some of it's probably bad matchup, but we just need him to calm down if if we need him for for early second you know second uh, team minutes it was also interesting that he didn't really play in the first half so i don't think he's really part of the rotation it right. seemed like well now it will be because of darius being out but i don't think he was he wasn't supposed to play <laughs> it seemed like at least yeah it seemed like he kind of got thrown in there and it was maybe yeah. it was lights are bright and all these monsters have like six to eleven wingspans around me what am i supposed yeah. to do coach yeah uh, so maybe but, yeah maybe next few games he'll kind of settle down like okay i know i'm playing today yeah. so yeah. yeah we'll see you you hope and maybe we've just been spoiled by it but you hope he gets if he is gonna get some run here when garland's out the next couple of games hope he he has some good uh connection you know just that vet type stuff with with yeah. o- osmond and love you just assume it's kind of there they're all kind of heady type guys so hopefully yeah they'll be able to connect a little bit yeah. um sp- speaking of schedule ahead so they Cavs have two more games this week so they play tomorrow in chicago against the bulls who are currently playing today i don't know the score but chicago's one and oh right now they beat miami uh, one sixteen to Washington, <laughs> losing to Washington. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and then that's, that's the other team. The Cavs play on Sunday, the home opener yeah. at rocket mortgage field house to play the, the Wizards. So the Cavs have a back-to-back, um, which is kind of weird because it's there. It's on the back half of their opener. I would kind of, yeah. I, I don't, maybe it doesn't really matter, but I would almost hope their opener would be on the front end of a back-to-back right. just, just for the fans. It's obviously a little bit more winnable when you're, uh, your first game would be at home, but yeah, yeah, either of those teams scare you. You think those are both, you know, pretty winnable games. Cavs should be favored. Should yeah, I think they're they should be favored. Um, Chicago obviously is it can beat you because Demar Derozan is playing playing his ass off for the past couple of years here. Um, so definitely he can definitely kind of beat you by himself, especially on the road. Um, he, he's going to be a tough matchup. Washington, I really. They're tough to tough to kind of square. <laughs> like you, you see the talent on the team, like the young talent, but then they they seem like they just never get it together. Beal kind of gets hurt and kind of unravels. So they can definitely they can definitely Beal can get hot and make shots. So I think they're two teams that could beat you uh, if they play well and you're not ready. Um, mm-hmm. But they're also teams that you should be able to beat. The Wizards. 
are almost like in that Hornets territory for me where they have some dudes, but it's just such a weird collection. Like they have Porzingis yeah. and, and yeah, Kuzma, they just like kind of bunch people and, together. Yeah. yeah. Like who's, who's kind of orchestrating the offense but to your point, they've got, uh, uh, the the kid who I kind of wanted the Cavs to draft a couple of years ago, Denny Abdija or Abdija, yeah, yeah. <laughs> three yeah, point shooter, good. and Hachimura is a, a small four. But yeah, just they got a bunch of dudes, and the East is just so talented this year. I, yeah. I think they're they'd be lucky to to you know get that nine or ten spot. I think it's going to be a tough road for them again this year. Yeah, they're like the towards the bottom, but they're like they they're a team that can beat you on a on a given night, like. There's really not – there's, what, maybe two teams in the East that are, like, kind of – Orlando, I think you can put on there. But they they have a bunch of young guys that can – Yeah, they've got young talent. Yeah. Yeah. Pistons are – Yeah, Pistons are the same way. They have a bunch of young guys. Cade is a freaking stud. So, yeah, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how the East kind of – it feels like the – almost like the AFC – in, in football where they're just going to beat up on each other. <laughs> like the, the records aren't going to be that great as like last year where it kind of, it seemed like there was like, t- like what, eight teams that kind of, kind of separated from each other. Yeah. And uh, I think this year that's going to be pretty, pretty close together. Yeah, totally agree. The you know East is going to have to go out west to get their cheap wins. You know you're going to have to beat some of those bad Western Conference teams to get their their wins. It's a shame the Cavs only play most of them twice or or even once in the worst right. worst case. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's right, <laughs> Lakers. <laughs> I mean, we, we don't have to spend a, a ton of time on them, but I, I watched both of their games this year, and it's just honestly, I just feel bad because selfishly, I, I, I just want to watch LeBron be a playoff contender and this current team is not that and i understand it's his own doing i just selfishly want to see him play playoff basketball and i don't think we're going to see that right no it just it's just like clunky like they're just Mm. they're just a clunky team that just doesn't like it just seems like they never figured out like oh we need shooters around lebron (laughs) like oh okay like every other freaking team that he's been successful with, he's had great shooters around. And they figured out the year one when they had KCP and all those guys. And I don't know what happened after that. They just kind of, yeah, it's uh, it's disappointing, man. It's You don't want to see that happen. With, especially it seems like he's going to kind of finish up his career there, you would think maybe. Who knows? Yeah. With, uh, with Bronny or whatever. Um, <laughs> we'll see how that goes, but uh, yeah, I, it's just tough to watch. Like they're just not a fun team to watch, and when you have LeBron, like that shouldn't be the case. Like you should be like one of the fun teams to watch, and they're and just they're, not. Yeah, they're they're going to be all over ESPN, TNT this year, ABC, and yeah, you just yeah, there's just yeah. no reason to watch them right now. They don't have yeah. they don't have the shot making. Um, if LeBron is kind of checked out, which he's probably going to do pretty early this year, it's it's just going to be a gross you know gross you know style of basketball. So, yeah. uh, shout out Bron. Sorry, we don't have Wally Zerbiak or Sasha Palovich <laughs> or Danielle Marshall to to hand over to you, but. Have had it this year, buddy. Uh, well, Joe, that that's all I got. Any last nuggets before we wrap up tonight? No, I'm just excited, man. It's basketball's back. NBA's back. It's fun to see kind of these games on almost every night. Um, it's it's gonna be a fun season. This is one of the most kind of 
really, really talented leagues that they've had in a long time. There's a lot of really good teams. Like there's, and when the Cavs and Warriors were, there's like what three or four teams that were pretty good and like really good, and then everybody else kind of sucked. Like it's gonna be a fun to watch. It's um, it's gonna be a tough matchups each night. There's, they can't really take any days off. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to kind of have Garland back and see how this team develops. And uh, it's gonna be a fun one. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's not outlandish to say, you know, seven or eight teams could win the finals this year. And in most years, that's three right. or four teams realistically. I mean, right. you don't yeah. have, you don't have the number of teams that have a shot. So yeah, you're right. The, the league has really never been in a better spot. It's, it's going to be awesome watching the, uh, you know, Eastern conference finals finals. It's going to be a hell of a year, man. Let's see the Cavs go two and Oh, uh, thank you everybody for listening and hope you have a great weekend all. Thank you. See you. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.